0: This episode of Zero to Travels brought to you by the 2024 Nissan Pathfinder with seven drive modes. The Pathfinder's available intelligent 4x4 is built for even the most epic journeys. Learn more at nissanusa.com. Today, I have one of my friends stopping by who is an expert on teaching English online. And even if that's something you don't want to do, you should definitely tune in because you're going to learn about some of the Nomad hotspots. Around the world, where you can travel and base yourself, where you don't need to earn a lot of money to live and to travel, whether you are teaching English online or not, and how one trip can lead to full time travel. Why teaching English online is the fast track to location independence and remote work, and how it gives you the ability to slow travel, the exact steps you need to get started teaching English online, what you can get paid, the best companies to work for, all the great resources, and how to manage time zone challenges and plan your schedule around your travel lifestyle which of course can benefit anybody no matter what you're doing and a whole lot more I'm also going to touch on why you should plan for the lifestyle you want not the lifestyle you have now and it's all happening in this show right now so strap in grab your favorite beverage enjoy a little you time thanks for being here and welcome Hey there, it's Jason with ZeroToTravel.com. Welcome to the show, my friend. Thanks so much for hanging out, letting me bring a little bit of travel into your ears today. This is the show to help you travel the world on your terms, to fill your life with as much travel as you desire, no matter what your situation or experience. It's a sunny day here in Norway. The sun is shining on me and wherever you are in the world. I hope the sun's shining on you. And if it's not, the clouds are shining on you. I still hope you're in good spirits and having a wonderful day. Thank you so much for being a part of this community. If you're new to the podcast, welcome. I always like to drop my email because I love to hear from listeners. So if you haven't checked in recently or you got some things to say or share, drop me a note. Jason at zero to is my email address. I read them all. I want to say thanks to tall from the bright nomad travel blog who included me on one of his best travel podcasts lists. So thank you very much. And also wanted to say a quick thanks to Nate from TravelLemming.com for including me in his best travel podcast list. So always an honor to be included in those lists amongst so many wonderful people. And thank you for that. Just wanted to just say thanks. And today we've got an incredible show for you. As you heard at the top, it's not just about learning how to teach English online, which is the how-tos, the specifics that you're going to hear in this episode, and what the reality of that lifestyle is like. You're going to get all that, but as I mentioned, there are some other key lessons you can pull out. Anytime I talk to somebody that's traveling full-time, they're always going to share some big themes, I guess, that get covered, and some ideas that you can apply to your own life and your own situation, so you can hear how my guest today, Rachel builds her work schedule for example around the things that she wants to do and I'm going to talk later in the show during the outro piece about why you should plan for the lifestyle you want not the lifestyle that you have right now and that's more if you're thinking about taking off and traveling so stick around for that now we're going to get into our interview with Rachel Story who she's just she's awesome I've known her now for some years and her and Sasha, her husband, have found a way to keep traveling no matter what they have going on. And their primary means of income as they've been going has been for a long time the teaching English online. And they got started teaching English and actually in a foreign destination And Rachel touches on that a little bit and how she transitioned to the online thing. And again, like I mentioned at the top, you're going to hear a whole bunch of stuff around slow travel and life in Mexico and hotspots and all that good stuff. So enjoy the interview. And on the other side, I want to talk to you a little bit about this idea of planning for the lifestyle you want, not the lifestyle you have right now. And this can be a big money saver or a big mindset shift for people that are in these stages of trying to figure out longer term or full time travel, or maybe even just taking a few months off or a career break or a gap year or something like that. So, stick around for that. We'll touch on that. I'll give you a couple resources at the end. And I will see you on the other side, my friends. Right, right. I'm sitting here. I wish we were sitting here in person. I'm sitting here on Skype with my pal, Rachel Story, who is one half of the dynamic duo that makes up GratefulGypsies.com. And you might recognize her voice because she's been on the podcast before. We just figured out it was a couple of years ago. Anyway, I'm thrilled to have her back. We're going to talk about not only your location independent journey, but how you as the listener can take some of the things that Rachel has done and what she teaches to almost fast track your location uh journey. At least it's one tool in the arsenal that is your travel toolbox, your toolkit, whatever you want to call it. So Rachel, welcome back to this year to travel podcast, my friends.
1: Thank you so much for having me.
0: We were just talking before and, and you said, can you hear that music? And there was like this throbbing bass. So anyway, if you hear that, it's uh, You want to explain what that is?
1: <laughs> so we're based in Mexico, and Mexico in general is just a very loud place, and our apartment is wide open, and my neighbor across the street washes his car on a near ba- daily basis, and the reason why I know it's time for him to wash <laughs> his car is because he blasts really loud music while huh. he does it.
0: So he's getting down. So your neighbor's getting down. So hey, this is a travel podcast. We, we deal with the ambient, whatever. You as travelers, you all know... Sometimes things are crazy around you when you're in different places. So anyway, I had a couple fun questions in the beginning before we get into uh, the whole meat of this, which is going to be about teaching English online, because this is really something you're an expert at and how you guys have been able to utilize that to kind of be able to work from anywhere and, and build your business on the side and all that sort of stuff. But I was thinking about this chat yesterday. I'll tell you why in a minute because I always like to ask this question to people that love music or love live music like you guys do. Cause I know it's a big part of what you do. And I wanted to ask you, what was the very first concert you've ever been to?
1: Oh, I love this question. Mine was Elton John. Nice. I'm always so excited to tell people that. Yeah. Elton John every couple of years actually comes to my tiny little hometown, Johnson city, Tennessee. And when I was nine years old, that just so happened to be one of those years so my dad took me and my best friend uh-huh. at the time darn it yeah. i was
0: hoping it was going to be something embarrassing but that's cool well
1: okay the second <laughs> one is the second one is kind of embarrassing when i was 16 my dad took me and my younger brother to see Leonard scannard
0: all right now we're talking <laughs> now we're talking a little bit did you uh, did you did you know at 16 to shout out freebird
1: in fact, I did. <laughs> My parents raised me well. <laughs> Real good.
0: They're like, all right, to be cool at this concert, you have to shout out Freebird. You always have to shout out Freebird. I don't know why.
1: <laughs> That's <laughs> yeah.
0: Skinner, right? I'm not mixing it up. Is that Skinner? You're not. Okay, Free cool. Freebird
1: is definitely Skinner.
0: All right, for sure. Um, <laughs> what city are you guys in, by the way?
1: Right now, we're in Puerto Vallarta.
0: Are there... Concerts and artists coming through there that you guys are aware of or is it more local artists and things like that?
1: No, not really. It's more local artists Um, There are several local bands that you can see around town fairly often and then occasionally a bigger act will come through like This year for New Year's they had Rammstein on the beach here and then there was a big concert free concert down on the malecon with a very famous band from Mexico City I I can't remember what they're called right now, but that was huge. I've never seen the Malecon so packed in Puerto Vallarta.
0: Yeah, that's cool. I love when you can see a show anywhere foreign. You know, it's always a unique experience. And I live in Oslo. I'm in Oslo, Norway now. And it's really cool because this Oya festival is going on right now, which is a really big music festival. And it's literally like the next neighborhood down from me. So last night I did my little longboard skateboard commute down the trail that I make to my co-working space and just past my co-working space. Actually my co-working space is further is the festival. There's this park that's on a hill and all the stages are down. So the cure was playing the headliner for that night. So I sat up outside of the fence and I could see the screen between the trees. I was with a bunch of people that were sort of going to the concert for free (laughs) because I I didn't want to buy a festival (laughs) ticket because I couldn't go for the whole day. And I couldn't get a ticket because it was sold out. So I just said, well, if I can make it, I'm going to go down and watch The Cure play for free. So that was awesome. And that was my first concert way back when. So I felt like I was bookending my life in some weird, trippy way. I'm like, oh, I don't know. I was like a teenager when I saw them. And now I'm not. That's awesome. Look at Robert Smith. He's like an older dude. We're all getting older. (laughs) This is crazy. Blowing my mind here. All the lyrics are taking on a different meaning. It was getting crazy, Rachel. (laughs) Totally. It
1: creates a lot of reflection because you start to think about like what you've done in between the last time you saw them.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And that's quite a lot because it's been so long and it was like 30 years or something. But uh, yeah, a long time. So anyway. All right. I think the best place to start is your whole intention around going location independent because you guys, if, and if you listen to the last podcast we did, if you guys want to dive in a little bit more on Rachel and Sasha's story, they got an incredible story and they shared what their experience was like living in China and Bali, traveling through Southeast Asia, uh, taking a gap year and a bunch of other stuff. And what we didn't cover was kind of the next phase that's taking place for you guys since you recorded that interview with me and that was, I don't know if the seed was already planted. I'm, I'm pretty sure you were in, cause you're in our community location Indy and I'm pretty sure you were in it then, but maybe that was really like the early stages of you kind of going location dependent. So yeah, talk a little bit about that because I think this ties in with what it is that you guys teach and how you ended up teaching English online in the first place. Right?
1: Yeah. Yeah, totally. Um, so yeah, we moved to China Um, because we couldn't find jobs in America. We were down and out, very miserable situation. Sasha had already lived in Beijing teaching English and loved it. And so he was like, there's a high demand for English teachers. Let's just go and figure it out. If you don't like it, we can just leave. And if you do like it, we can do a bunch of traveling while we're there. So that's where we got started teaching English. And during that time, we worked ourselves up into like pretty nice cushy teaching jobs like in a well-known training center in Beijing and we were able to do a lot of traveling because we had a relatively flexible schedule mostly I just had a really good manager that was willing to work with me and like rearrange my schedule so that I could take longer stints off to travel but really the longest I could get off at one time was two weeks and that was never really enough and it was actually on our first trip to Bali Sasha looked at me on the last day of vacation and said I don't want to leave. Why do we have to leave? And I was like, well, cause we have apartment, we have an apartment, a nice job in Beijing. And he's like, well, what if we didn't have those things? And so that was kind of the catalyst that led into the gap year. And while we were on our gap year, we got that sense of freedom of just no real responsibilities of just being able to go where you want, when you want, not having to worry about anything or ask anyone for permission. But ultimately, we ran out of money, so we went back to China, moved to a different city, got jobs teaching English again, and I thought, oh, I'll be okay. I just traveled for 14 months straight. I can work. It's fine. I get like two weeks into my job, and I'm miserable. <laughs> Absolutely miserable. And used already... to the
0: freedom, right?
1: Exactly. So used to the freedom, and I'm already planning my next trip. I really wanted to go home for Christmas, um, but that was actually harder to work out because just of the way this training center was set up, and so trying to work it out with my boss and getting people to cover my classes was insanely stressful. So, so that's kind of what led to the desire to be location independent was basically just having that freedom and not having to ask someone for permission to travel and go do the things that I'm passionate about.
0: Yeah. So, did you know at the time that teaching English online was a thing? Like when did that become cuz that was sort of the thing, right, for you guys how you've been able to do it right away?
1: Yeah. Right. Exactly. That's definitely what helped us jumpstart our location-independent lifestyle. And I actually learned about it from one of Sasha's brothers. Um, he was teaching English online for a program through his university. And so he was telling us about it in that last year of us living in China. So. From China, that's when we moved to Bali, and Sasha got accepted into a program to study abroad for free and get paid a monthly stipend. Uh, But there is really not a demand for English teachers in Bali uh, for a number of reasons. Um, And it's also really hard for foreigners to find work in Bali unless you have some sort of specialized skill. So when I found out that we were moving to Bali, that's when I started heavily looking into teaching English online and trying to research different options. But I just kept turning up dead ends, like nothing was working out. Um, And this was also when I started to put a lot of effort into growing our travel blog. So that was one of the things I did while we were in Bali, was try and learn how to blog and turn that into a business and started building that up. In the meantime, trying to figure out other ways to make money, because as we all know, building up a blog or podcast or anything just takes time takes time and a lot of effort and it's nothing near an overnight success so finally towards the end of our time in bali i learned about vip kid through a facebook group and it when i looked into it it really sounded too good to be true but i was qualified so i figured you know i'll apply and see what happens and i finished my application and sent it in around like 10 11 o'clock at night and woke up at 9 a.m. to an email inviting me to an interview. Um, and that's kind of where it all started.
0: Okay. And for the uninitiated, VIP Kid is just a platform where they hook up teachers and students, right?
1: Pretty much. It's a company based in Beijing and they hire on the teachers as independent contractors and then they do all of the marketing to attract the students. And then they've just created a platform where teachers have a profile and parents can go on and choose the teacher they want. And VIP Kid has created their own curriculum and they make all the lesson plans. So that's why this model works because no matter which teacher they go with, they're getting the same lessons. It's just being executed in a slightly different way.
0: Okay, cool let's get into the nitty gritty because you you have a whole course on this. It's called Teaching for Freedom, How to Earn a Legit Income Teaching English Online. And I'm looking at some of the curriculum and there are words in here that I've never heard of before. Like in the nail your interview section, it's like synthetic phonics. Okay. That sounds like the name of a fish song, by the way. Uh, (laughs) Modeling and error correction. Yeah. Some of these different terms. So I mean, it sounds like some of the stuff you kind of need to be in the know, but I don't know how much you do need to be in the know. I, I don't know if it's like one of the situations where, okay, if you're a native English speaker, you're going to be able to find a gig teaching English online and working with students. So let's start there. Like what kind of experience do you need to have to get one of these gigs? And then we can talk about sort of the next steps with the interviews and different things like that.
1: Sure. Well, a lot of these VIP kid is not the only online platform anymore. Their success has sprouted a lot of other similar companies um, in the last year or two. When they say that they require teaching experience, they have a very loose definition of what that means. So if you have ever done any babysitting have, if you've ever worked in a daycare, if you were ever a summer camp counselor, that all counts as teaching experience. As you're it's, using
0: air quotes there.
1: <laughs> right, exactly, because it's such, they have such yeah. a loose definition for right. it. It doesn't have to be teaching experience in a classroom. Pretty much if you've had any sort of leadership role at all with young people, you can count that as your previous teaching experience. And then aside from that, it helps if you have a bachelor's degree. It's not really necessary. And even if you're a non-native English speaker, it's still possible for you to teach English online.
0: Wow. Okay. And the certifications, I mean, you hear about when you teach in a foreign country, you should be having like a TEFL certificate, which is teaching English as a foreign language, or one of these certificates that I think there's another one called the TESOL or something, maybe... I think it's been a while since I've looked at this stuff, but, uh, I know those things can really help you in terms of not only preparation for showing up and be able to do a good job, but actually landing better gigs. So is that something to factor in for people? Because obviously if people are devoting their time to teaching English online, they'd like to maximize their income, I'm sure. So, yeah. does the next level candidate look like for some of these organizations?
1: Well, actually, now a, a TEFL certificate is required. The Chinese government changed the rules. So any online teaching company based in China, they have to require that people also have a TEFL certificate. Oh, okay. That is a new rule as of this year, and they're just starting to enforce it now. And how
0: much <laughs> does that cost?
1: Um, well, it depends. It depends on um, where you take, where you do the certification course. You can do it in person if there's one happening near where you live, or you can do it online. And I always recommend doing it online because it's self-paced and you can do it more quickly and in your free time. And you don't have to rearrange your schedule to make sure that you can be in a class at a certain time on a certain day. And You can get one that's anywhere between 60 hours and 120 hours. I always recommend getting the biggest certification possible and going for the full 120 hours. Um, And the company that we got our TEFL certifications from, it's called Bridge TEFL. They recently created a specialty course that is specific for teaching English online.
0: Hmm. Uh, roughly, do you know what the price ranges are for those types of certifications?
1: It's around $200 for a 60-hour course.
0: Okay. And
1: anywhere up to $500 for the full
0: 120-hour course. Okay. I thought it was more expensive, actually. So that's pretty reasonable. You're not really investing that much up front to to get started. Okay. So you got the TEFL. I guess it sounds like everybody's going to have to have that. You mentioned VIP Kid, which is one of the big players, but I'm sure there are a slew of other companies that have popped up. Like you said, I mean, what are some of the other ones that people should consider? Um, and you don't, you don't have to highlight all of them because I'm sure there are a lot now. But and you, I think you have a whole list in your course. But what are just a few that people should look at?
1: Um, The others that I always recommend looking at are GoGo Kid and Sasha. Also, teaches with them as well as VIP Kid. Uh, next is Magic Ears. And these are best if you are from Canada or America because those are the only nationalities that they hire. But if you're not from one of those countries, then I recommend going with Dada. They used to be called Dada ABC, but now they're just Dada. Or iTutor Group is another really good one.
0: Okay. Uh, what are the rates that people can expect to earn? As teachers
1: it breaks down to um, being paid per class so I'll just use VIP kid as the example the base pay with VIP kid is between seven and nine dollars per class classes are 25 minutes so then there is a two dollar bonus for per class that's really easy to get basically if you teach more than 45 classes in a month and your classes go off without a hitch you're going to get that bonus per class. So when I started, I started at $8 per class and I always got that $2 bonus bumping it up to $10 per class, which means if you get two classes in a row, that's $20 for the hour. And just teaching 20 hours a week, you can earn up to $2,000 a month.
0: Yeah. Okay. And I mean, this is where it ties in with the lifestyle design type stuff, right? Because you guys are in Mexico. Are you based there now?
1: well ish. we are based here ish yeah we're based here for the summer and that's how it's been the last two years but it's always up in the air whether we're not, whether or not we're gonna be back for another summer
0: <laughs> so how much are you renting your place for for example like this is kind of where you the flexibility to be able to work from anywhere okay you're thinking two classes an hour 20 bucks an hour two thousand bucks a month uh, maybe in America in certain places that's not enough to sustain any type of lifestyle but in other places, it places it is. Do you want to talk about your experience with that?
1: Sure. And that's definitely one of the best parts about teaching English online is like for someone living in America, we'll take California for an example, because just the cost of living there is high. Um, You know, $2,000 a month may not sound like enough, but people often forget that when you're teaching English online, you can take that job anywhere and you can move somewhere with a lower cost of living, such as Mexico. Um, Sasha and I do not regularly earn $2,000 a month and we've been able to live comfortably here. We also have other ways of earning money. We earn a little bit from the blog and Sasha also does a lot of freelance writing, but our main bread and butter is teaching English online. So Mexico is a good place to go to lower your cost of living. Medellin, Colombia is also great. And there's a really big digital nomad community there. So you'll have a lot of other like-minded people to hang out with. Then moving to the other side of the world. Southeast Asia, there are a lot of online English teachers in Vietnam, and then you're closer to their time zone, which means you can teach more classes and earn even more money. Um, A lot of people love Chiang Mai. That's like the original digital nomad hotspot. And then in Europe, I've been hearing really good things about Eastern Europe, cities like Sofia or Budapest um, or even uh, Bucharest in Romania. Or um, Georgia, the country of Georgia, you can Americans can stay in Georgia for a full year on just a stamp. You don't even need a visa, and the cost of living is pretty low there. And with the time difference from Eastern Europe to China, you're doing your classes in the middle of the day. So you'd be teaching from like 10 a.m. to 3 or 4 p.m.
0: Yeah, okay. So yeah, the time zone thing, now that you bring that up, is can be a consideration too. Because most of the students are in Asia. Is that generally true? Yeah. Okay. For
1: VIP um, kid, all the students are in China. Yeah.
0: They're all in China. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, this has really kind of opened up a lot of possibilities outside of your home country, obviously, right? I mean, this is kind of where I think the the values that you might have around freedom kick in, right? Because for you guys, it's obviously... Well, I mean, how do you how do you define your own personal freedom?
1: I think it just depends on, you know, how much control you have over your time. Um, If you're constantly having to give up your time to someone else, then, then your time isn't really that free. And I think it's also just a matter of kind of, for us, it's being able to go where we want, when we want, without having to ask someone for permission. And that's kind of my ultimate definition of freedom.
0: So you're giving your time as a teacher, but you are able to set your own schedule, correct? Yeah, um, yeah. How does that work?
1: Um, with VIPKID, it's totally flexible. You can control your own schedule. You can open as many class times as you like or as few as you like, depending on you know your time and how you want to spend it.
0: So practically speaking, how does that look like for you guys month to month? Do you sit down at the beginning of the month and open up your whole calendar? How does it work for you? Um,
1: parents can only book classes two weeks out, but they can see your schedule for, for the, for as long as for the rest of the month, at least. So it's a good idea to just go ahead and open up your schedule to show parents that you're stable, you have a regular schedule. And so that'll make them more likely to book your classes because they know that they can see you on a regular basis. Um, but for us, in this time zone, we are in US central time zone. We teach in the morning from six to 9 a.m. So that's six classes. And then usually again on Friday night or Saturday morning if we feel like we need to make a little bit of extra money. Uh, and we, we I try to keep my schedule open for like the entire month. And right now at the time of recording, it's August and it's summertime which means that the kids are on summer holiday. They're not going to their regular school, which means they take more online English classes. So during these two months, we teach five classes in the morning from 6.30 to 9, and then four or five classes again at night from 8.30 or 9 p.m. till around 11.
0: It makes sense that you would want to keep your calendar available. I mean, if somebody's signing up their kid, they you know, you get a good teacher, you do want that consistency. So I I can totally understand that. I got more sort of logistical questions, but I have to ask about the kids, man, like your students. Yeah. Tell me some stories about just some of the people you've met through this as a teacher. I mean, have you had some really cool, because you have this cultural exchange going on as well. I think that's kind of, not being taken for granted, but maybe being lost in some of the conversation of, oh, look, you can earn money from anywhere by doing this and all that. But like, in the meantime, there's like a little mini travel experience going on, right? Because yeah. you're having this exchange, essentially, Yeah, definitely. person. Mm-hmm. Uh, can you talk about that?
1: Mm-hmm. In fact, it's one of my favorite parts about teaching English online. I, I always use the three Fs to describe teaching English online flexible, financially stable and fulfilling. And that's because you all all of your classes are one on one with VIP kid. And so you get to create this special little bond with your students and your regular students become more like your friends. And one of my favorite students, his name is Theo. And he's been with me for like, man, like two and a half years now. I feel like I met him only 6 months into my tenure with VIP kid and it's been over 3 years now and i've had him in my class two or three times a week every week for the duration of that time and he chose theo as his english name but most chinese little boys like to choose leo and so when i first started having class with him i always make it a point to use the kid's name because that just helps them feel engaged and excited and you know loved And But I kept saying Leo in one of the first classes we ever had, and he's so sharp for a six-year-old. He'd be be like, my name is Theo, (laughs) (laughs) constantly correcting me on how to say his name. And then he'd bring his little stuffed animals to class, his little brown bear whose name is Brown Brown, and then he had another stuffed animal that I forget what kind of animal it was, but it was white, so his name was White White. And he'll bring them into the class and I'll talk to Brown Brown. And one time I just instinctively referred to Brown Brown as a he, and he's like, it's a she. <laughs> 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 and he just gets so excited when I give him rewards and he'll count them down instead of being like, cause they get five stars. That's the maximum reward they can get in a class. And so he'll have like one, and instead of being like, yes, I have a star, he'll be like, only four more stars. (laughs) (laughs) Only one more star. (laughs) And it's just absolutely adorable. He's my favorite student. And it's, that's like one of the most exciting parts of my week is getting to have class with Theo.
0: That's sweet. I mean, on the flip side, there must be kids that their parents are sort of dragging them to the computer to do this. Is that, how do you overcome those challenges?
1: Oh, man, I think that's probably the hardest part is trying to engage those kids that really don't want to be there. Um, Because another part of teaching English online is that the parents rate you. So you, you know, you have to try really hard to not be outwardly frustrated and, and still keep like a positive attitude and try to use positive reinforcement instead of like punishing them and trying to figure out ways to encourage them. And, and that's definitely tough. And I sometimes struggle with that, especially if it's early in the morning and the coffee hasn't kicked in yet. I right. <laughs> <They> just <laughs> really don't want to be there. That's one of the hardest parts, I think. And, and that takes a lot of trial and error to get right.
0: Yeah, and it's language. So, I mean, just having gone through learning a foreign language, which I'm still learning, which I'm totally starting to slip on now, I, I've realized, oh, I got to bring my daily practice back in as a habit because you can lose it. But if you're not dedicated, you you know, you can't expand your vocabulary. So being judged by the parents is it could be tough if the kids just not if their heart's not into it, I mean, there's only so much you can do, right? I mean, you can't reach through the computer and be like, listen, kid, <laughs> pay <laughs> exactly. attention. I'm trying to help you here. <laughs> yeah,
1: exactly. And in some cases, all you can really do is just go through the class because you only have 25 minutes with a lot of material to cover in that time. So
0: okay, yeah, there's only
1: so much you can do, like you said.
0: Right. Okay. So let's talk about getting hired. We're going to go back into this because do all these platforms have an interview where they have like a one-on-one where you're talking to somebody
1: yes okay. a vast majority of them have that as an option and then some of them you can record a demo video that also counts as your interview because you're introducing yourself in the beginning
0: right okay i mean do you have any tips for the interview process i'm, I'm imagining when you now that you have to have the tefl you're going to come loaded with a lot more knowledge but you know anything else that you found to work really well
1: There are um, certain teaching techniques that pretty much every platform wants to see that you have. And that's what you were mentioning earlier, synthetic phonics, modeling, TPR, which stands for total physical response. And these are definitely the things that you want to have refined and ready when you show up at your interview. And then aside from just the technical skills, you want to be as cheery and smiley and right. animated as you possibly can be.
0: <laughs> the <laughs> normal interview stuff, right? It's so funny. I'm terrible in interviews, Rachel. I mean, I haven't done one in a long time, but I like talking to people. I have this podcast and I just like conversing in general. But for some reason, I think it's the BS questions they ask you during interviews. You know, I am i don't know about teaching English online but like the job interviews I've been to where they say uh, tell me about your you know your biggest weakness or whatever and then <laughs> inevitably <laughs> everybody's like well sometimes I work too hard and uh, I get really overwhelmed it's like come on let's cut the crap here folks everybody's right. BSing this stuff um, exactly. I don't know it's just funny get that but... cheese out of here yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah it sounds like just bring a positive attitude is the is the thing. Aside from having the knowledge on those three things you just mentioned, by the way, these things are covered in depth in your course, which we can uh, link to in the show notes. Scheduling classes, because this is the other thing I was a little confused about. It sounds like the students pick the teachers, but do you have to market yourself on the platform? How do you, like, is it is it competitive is what I'm being like. If you sign up, you get accepted, you're on. Now is it hard to actually get students or is the demand so high that they don't let you on unless you're gonna, able to get students? I'm just trying to get a sense of what people could expect like from the time they get accepted to they're teaching their first class.
1: You don't really have to market yourself on the platform, but every teacher will make a profile. So you include a short bio about yourself. And this is where you can highlight your previous teaching experience and your travels. And in my bio, I talk about how I used to live in China and really enjoy teaching Chinese kids. So that gives me an automatic boost. But then you can also upload photos of yourself. So if you have photos of you with young kids in a teaching environment, you definitely want to use those. And then you can also create your own intro video, which just gives the parents a chance to see you and hear you talk and just put a, you know, listen to what your voice sounds like pretty much. Not all of them are going to understand what you say. So it doesn't need to be very long. It doesn't need to be longer than a minute. And you just introduce yourself and show how excited you are to teach English online, show off your classroom a little bit and say, I can't wait to see you in class at the end.
0: Okay. You mentioned the classroom. What are the kind of things that you need to have in order to have a quote unquote classroom because I I mean at first I was just thinking, oh well you're just going over material and maybe they have some PDFs in front of them or something. But do you actually have physical things that you need to have with you?
1: Yes. Um the first thing that I would recommend having is some sort of stuffed animal mm. or puppet. Pikachu? No, this is Dino and mm. this is V I P kids <laughs> mascot. Okay. So this this stuffed animal is specific to VIP Kid, and he's very coveted. And he, everyone loves dino because he is the face of VIP Kid. And so many students have a little stuffed dino. And that is just an immediate rapport builder. If you pull out your dino, they're like, oh, wait. And then they run, and they go get their <laughs> dino, and then your dinos can be friends. Um,
0: and by but- the way, my name's not Leo. Yeah. Now I'm going to get Dino. <laughs> <Yeah>.
1: <laughs> exactly. Um, so having a stuffed animal or puppet or some of some sort helps break the ice. And then I always have a whiteboard, you know, okay. for writing out words Oh, and that's a nice sentences. small one. Yeah. Yeah. Totally travel size. Yeah, that I, seems I, like I write that, their name on it.
0: That seems to be like a necessary tool, right?
1: Yeah. Yes, definitely. Yeah. So whiteboard and then a stuffed animal of some sort. And then you can also make like a background and it doesn't have to be anything like, you know, super in depth or complicated. You could just make a colorful sign with your name on it, or you could be even more minimalist than that and just get a fold up map that you just hang on the wall behind Mm -hmm.
0: you. All certainly things you can pick up on the road. If you're listening to this and you're traveling right now and you're thinking, this is a good idea, um, you can get these things most places, somewhere. Anyway. Yes, The whiteboard definitely. could be tricky maybe. But
1: I'm, I was in Bali when I w- started teaching online and I was able to get all of these things at a shopping mall in Denpasar. Yeah,
0: there you go. Um, what about on the tech side? Are there any requirements for microphones or headsets or certain other technical equipment?
1: It's best if you can have a headset. Earbuds also work. Uh, and then... I would recommend getting a laptop. For VIP Kid. you can have class on an iPad. They have created an app for this, but then it's, unless you have a keyboard for the iPad, it's difficult to input the class feedback, which you have to do after every class. So a laptop, I think it's a lot easier to have a laptop with a touch screen because in VIP Kid's platform, their lessons are all PowerPoint presentations. And so you load that into the classroom you and the student can both see it and then you can see each other in a little video screen and your mouse becomes a pen so you can write on the PowerPoint presentation. And sometimes that's just easier to do with your finger than the mouse.
0: Right. Absolutely. Yeah. That's hard to write with a mouse. Yeah. For sure.
1: (laughs) Yeah. But really, that's it. You just need a laptop, a headset, a couple of props and a decent internet connection.
0: Easy enough. Uh, and the internet connection can be important. And this, I think, will tie in with something you guys mentioned in your course. And I know you have a whole section on it. But I wanted to hear a little bit about this whole idea of wander planning. Because for as travelers, I think this is maybe one of the biggest challenges. Because you're balancing... Okay, you have the freedom that a job like this is giving you but now you also still need to work. It's not like when you're like your gap year, or when you take off and you save a bunch of money and then you're not working, you just do whatever you want all the time because you are going to have scheduled classes, places you need to be, a Wi-Fi connection you have to have, as you just mentioned, all these things. Uh, so you don't lose the job, right? right. Yeah. Um, talk about how you integrate this with your travel planning,
1: So I will say that teaching English online is not like most other remote work options or freelance options because most of them you can do when you have time, kind of anywhere, anyplace. But with teaching English online, you you have classes scheduled and you need to show up at that time and be in the right environment. So that's one of the biggest differences, traveling as an online English teacher as opposed to a backpacker, is it takes away a lot of spontaneity. You really have to be more planned out. You have to know where you're staying, and you need to know that you're going to have decent Wi-Fi there. So our Wander planning technique involves contacting Airbnb hosts and really having our travel days planned out. And we have a special message template that we send to Airbnb hosts to inquire about their Wi-Fi speeds. We pretty much exclusively use Airbnb. Like I wouldn't teach from a hostel or a hotel just because – You know, It's not going to be quiet, you might not have the right environment, and the Wi-Fi is usually pretty spotty. So even if an Airbnb has instant book and everything seems to be legit, like what you need, we will still always send a message to the host to get the exact numbers of their internet speeds because this comes in handy when if you arrive in a place and it's not what they said it would be. And that's your line of defense in oh, yeah, okay. getting yeah, you have it in Airbnb, writing, right? Right. That's so if you need to get Airbnb involved and that has saved us twice now. Oh, so you in, have had a problem
0: where you showed up and the, the speed wasn't like you couldn't do the job there, so you had to move?
1: Right. Well, there was Cusco, like the Wi-Fi just flat out wasn't working. So we ended up moving, but Airbnb gave us like an extra or they gave us 20% off booking a new place and the new place was actually better. And then in Guatemala, we didn't end up moving, but the um, Airbnb host ended up getting a new internet connection installed. In this case, it just wasn't fast enough. So he got an entirely new connection installed. Then Airbnb refunded us half for all the nights that were affected, which was four nights. Then they just gave us back $100 because just to say sorry. And then they gave us a $50 credit towards our next Airbnb booking. All because we got it in writing from the beginning.
0: Yeah. Okay. So that's a huge tip. I think for anybody that's working abroad, no matter what you're doing. Because if you need to have Wi-Fi and you want to have some kind of, uh, I guess, security, mm-hmm. some backup plan then you have right, your, exactly. you're basically covering yourself. So that's, that's huge. Uh, is there anything, I mean, I know there's, there are a lot of nuances to this, but any big things that I've glossed over that people should know about this?
1: I think the biggest thing is just having a plan. It's, and also one of the great things about teaching online is having the ability to slow travel and we 've learned from experience that that 's really the best way to go about it, because the more often you 're moving, the higher likelihood there is for something to go wrong, you know with flight delays and you know buses and whatever else like we all know when you 're traveling that anything and everything can and will go wrong <laughs> yeah.
0: is it frowned upon if you want to say take a digital sabbatical or you 're saying i want to go i 'm a big hiker, and I want to go into the wilderness for three weeks, and I, don't, I can't do any of this. I'm just going to block myself out. Is that type of flexibility possible with this?
1: With most companies, it is. With VIP Kid it definitely is. And that's exactly what we did during the entire seven months that we were digitally backpacking around South America. We would have some months where we would teach pretty much every day but that was in anticipation of taking off a full week to go trekking in Torres del Paine down in Patagonia or spending a week on the Galapagos Islands or partying in the streets of Brazil for carnival. So it's that's kind of what the core of the wander planning technique is, is having a plan and knowing what you wanna do and knowing how many classes that you need to teach in order to afford it, but then also you know, knowing very well about your accommodation so that you can or cannot so that you can schedule classes know that now i'm chipping over my words
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's okay we've been talking a lot about this so it's understandable yeah. uh can you one more time just share where everybody can find you find your course whatever uh stuff you want to give them here now is the time
1: sure Our blog is gratefulgypsies.com. That's G-R-A-T-E, Grateful Gypsies. And then on social media, we've got a Facebook page. We've got an Instagram page. We're on YouTube. And then our course is called Teaching for Freedom, How to Earn a Legit Income Teaching English Online. And you can find that at courses.gratefulgypsies.com.
0: And we've mentioned the course of Few times, and it sounds like you came with a discount code for the Zero to Travel listening audience, the caravan here. Is that right? I did because,
1: Jason, when I bought the Paradise Pack, your audio course was the first course that I ever listened to, and your podcast was the first podcast that I ever listened to. Wow. So, in order to say thank you for the massive impact that you and your podcast has had on me, I wanted to offer. Your audience a 35% discount on the course, and they can get that by using the coupon code Traveling Teachers 2019.
0: Traveling Teachers 2019. So when they check out, they just use that. Awesome. Right. Okay. Well, thanks for the kind words, and thank you for that. Absolutely. By the way, can, happy anniversary. You guys had a Wedding anniversary pretty recently, right?
1: We did. We celebrated 4 years of marriage last month, and Woo-hoo! the month before that, we celebrated 10 years of just being a couple.
0: <laughs> That's those are pretty big milestones.
1: Yeah, thank you.
0: Yeah, what did you guys do to celebrate?
1: We well, we kind of took it easy on our actual anniversary. We just went and got dinner, we went and got massages. One of our really good friends here has a birthday just a couple of days after our anniversary. And so last year and this year, we just kind of hitched our celebration onto his birthday celebration. And we all went and got a went to one of the all-inclusive resorts here for their Sunday brunch because they have a deal where if you pay for the Sunday brunch, it's all you can drink mimosas and then you can stay and use the pool until six o'clock in the evening. So we had a daycation. It was (laughs) great
0: a staycation on your vacation right right Yep. (laughs) and what's coming up for you guys after this summer i know you're in puerto vallarta now but are you we're
1: here we're going to denver at the end of this month to see fish play three nights and also catch up with a bunch of friends who live in the area then we'll be back here until the end of october And then we're going to hit the road again and head south through Mexico, through Oaxaca and San Cristobal, and go back into Guatemala and see a little bit of Belize, and then get back up to Cancun so we can fly to my house for Christmas.
0: (laughs) Nice. Oh, man. Well, let me know if Fish plays Synthetic Phonics. I'd love to hear that live.
1: (laughs) I will definitely keep you posted.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Cool. Thanks for your time. It was awesome to have you back on the podcast, and we'll... uh, We'll be chatting as we always do. So it's always a pleasure.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: Thanks so much. There you have it. Thank you so much to my friend Rachel for stopping by the show. And Rachel's launching her new course, Teaching for Freedom. So if you go to gratefulgypsies.com, you should sign up over there and keep up with her because she obviously knows her stuff. She's been doing this for a long time. So if this is something you want to get into and you want to go deeper with her, she's super friendly, super awesome, and you can sign up over there. She usually does some free webinars and different things. So you can check that out if you want and hook in with Rachel if that's something you want to do. Thanks again, Rachel. Okay. I want to talk about this idea of planning for the lifestyle you want rather than the lifestyle you have. Right now, before I get into that, first, a quick thank you to Tortuga Backpacks for supporting today's show. You want that 10% discount? They're hooking you up. They're hooking up the Zero to Travel Caravan, the listening community here, with 10% off any of their travel gear or their backpacks. If you just go to zero to travel.com slash tortuga, zero to travel.com slash tortuga, whenever you check out, you're going to get 10% off anything you purchase there. And as you heard in the beginning of the show, I love their backpacks. I use them all the time, and one thing I love about them is the minimal design, but it has just enough of the the pockets, the water bottle holders, all the stuff that you need without the overkill. I can't stand when some of these packs have a million different places you can put stuff. Sometimes I forget where I'm even putting my own things. That's just one of the many things I love about the Tortuga backpacks, let alone the comfort, the material they are made out of, uh, the ease with which they travel, all that good stuff. Go find yours. They've got different backpacks to suit any type of traveler, whether you're more of a weekend traveler or you want to do something longer term, and you'll see all of the backpacks I recommend if you go to that link. And not only are these the backpacks I recommend, but they're the ones I use. ZeroToTravel.com slash tortuga check out those packs. There's a special page for you there where you can see what I use. And then if you decide to grab anything and check out, again, 10% off just for using that link. and You'll also be supporting this show. So thank you. And also, thank you again. I'm so excited to have a, a destination partner on this show with South Dakota. If you go to travelsouthdakota.com pick up your free trip planning guide. I mean, seriously, this is not costing you anything. You don't even have to put an email in there to download the digital guide and they'll send you a paper guide for free if you want to put in your address and give them that info. And you're going to get all the information you need about traveling in South Dakota. One thing I love about travel is just going kind of randomly to a place that I hadn't thought about before, right? And I'd love that even when I'm just doing research, I think we can get locked in on our bucket list destinations, the places that we have always talked about going and been wanting to go But some of these other places might fall off the radar and we don't even know what they have to offer because we're not paying attention. That's exactly what happened to me when I rolled through South Dakota the first time. I had no idea what the state had to offer. And then I got there and I was like, whoa, I'm hiking in the Black Hills. This is some of the most epic nature I've ever been in. It was completely unexpected. Driving through Badlands National Park, seeing how the colors change the landscape minute by minute it was like a magical experience and then not to mention some of the native american culture that you get to be exposed to the culture and the arts and getting to visit some of those sacred sites seeing the crazy horse monument they're building i don't know if you've heard about this thing i think a lot of people know of course of mount rushmore national memorial which is epic in and of itself But I had no idea about the Crazy Horse Memorial, which is huge. It's the world's largest mountain carving in progress, right now standing at 563 feet high and stretching 641 feet long. It is beautiful. It is moving. It's something to see. And I wouldn't be surprised if some years down the road when this is complete, this is on one of the seven wonders of the world list or something like that. It's that epic. So um, I've only touched the surface on some of the things you have to do in South Dakota. Go to TravelSouthDakota.com to see for yourself. Just grab that free trip planning guide. Again, this isn't a fluffy trip planning guide. This has got maps, road trip itineraries, all the stuff that you need. And it's packed with really valuable, good information. It's not one of those crappy trip planning guides you might be thinking about that we've all seen and you know what I'm talking about if you've been road tripping around the states. So check this one out travelsouthdakota.com. Thank you for supporting this show South Dakota. What I'm I'm so lucky I get to talk about a place I already love and just share it with you and and they're supporting this show and thus allowing me to bring you more content uh, and keep doing this. So I just am so grateful for that. So thanks to them and thanks to you for grabbing that trip planning guide and for checking it out. Now, before I let you go, let's talk about this idea of planning for the lifestyle you want rather than the lifestyle you have. And this is something that can really be liberating from a mindset perspective. And I think we know this. Intellectually, But when you sit down and dig into some of the numbers, you might be looking at your finances right now if you're trying to plan and figure out how you can maybe make the leap from, a, say, a full-time job to a nomadic lifestyle or traveling longer term or even just having a home base but maybe taking some uh, breaks or working remotely. But maybe you're looking at this teaching English thing or something else and you're thinking, well, I couldn't cut my salary down from whatever I'm making now to... So much less, but have you really dug into the numbers? There's a wonderful website I've really been addicted to lately. It's called Expatistan. It's E-X-P-A-T-I-S-T-A-N.com. And they have this cost of living um, data that you can go through, but there's also the comparison section. So if you go under cost of living under comparisons, you can compare cities and you could actually enter your city or maybe a city that's comparable to yours in terms of cost and compare it to another place in the world where you'd want to live. And this can help you structure an actual monthly budget and really understand and see how much you'd be spending per month if you move to maybe some of those hotspots that Rachel mentioned in the interview like Medellin, Colombia or Chiang Mai, Thailand or somewhere else in the world that you may want to be. And then when you s- dig into the actual numbers and you start to see and you think, wow, okay, well, let me look at what I'm spending now. The lifestyle I have now, I'm spending you know, $3,000 a month, uh, including my mortgage or bills and this, that, and the other. But if I relocated myself to X city, okay, now I'd only be spending 1200 a month, which means I wouldn't have to earn as much as I do now, which may open up a lot of different new opportunities and ideas, may even motivate you to bootstrap uh, your own thing, knowing, hey, I can afford to live in one of these places and kind of figure out the whole business thing as I go. That's not everybody's cup of tea. Uh, Some people like to figure things out before they leave. Some people can do it more on the fly, like Rachel and Sasha have been doing. But either way, it's something to think about, something to consider. And I think it's really empowering to dig into some of the numbers and really get a better numerical understanding of what life would be like overseas. And you can't discount, of course, the fact that you would be living in a foreign country, having a travel experience, learning about a culture there and doing all the things we love as travelers and getting that whole experience, but also cutting down your expenses. And again, I know I'm not telling you something you don't know intellectually, but I'm just Bring this onto your radar to encourage you maybe if you haven't dug into the numbers and you're feeling stuck in the situation you're in or you're not really quite sure how to go about planning your escape from the cubicle or what, whatever you need to do to kind of rearrange your life to travel more, it's good. It's empowering to dig into those numbers and and have that better understanding. And when you're planning for the lifestyle you want rather than the lifestyle you have, you're not looking at the numbers that you're currently spending now. You're looking at the numbers that you will be spending whenever you're in X, Y, or Z city, which obviously changes the whole situation around that and what it is that you may need to do to earn a living so you're doing enough to get by. And then if you could throw in some of the other strategies that we talk about on the podcast, like um, house sitting and you know doing a home exchange, which is something that I'm going to be talking about here in a... Uh, episodes coming up there is a lot you can do there are so many ways to piece it together and make it happen. So anyway I just wanted to share that with you because always good to just I we can I know I can get closed off on certain things if I don't kind of reopen my mind in different ways so maybe this is just a little something to it's a reminder for some people for others this might be new for others it's just reopening the mind, or if you're having an open mind about this and the stuff you're exploring now, maybe it's just reinforcing and supporting that. I don't know. I'm just here to support everybody, to help out. I'm doing what I can to help you get out there and travel the world. So I just wanted to share these things. And I would love for you to share with me, if you get in touch at jason at zerototravel.com is my email. I live for those emails I get from listeners. Whether you just have a guest recommendation or you have... Something to share about your personal life or your travels, or some kind of story to tell, Uh, or you just want to say hi and send me a picture of a sunset that you're watching, whatever the case is. Nothing makes my day more than podcast reviews, positive ones. (laughs) And uh, I I can take constructive criticism too. And um, these emails I get from listeners. So please check in if you haven't. This is a community powered show. It never has stopped being a community power show. This show is for you. I am lucky that I get to host it, and I have this platform, but it it's here to serve you. So let me know what you need. Let me know what you want. Let me know what you're up to, and that's the way to, best way to get in touch. I've got some really exciting interviews and shows planned that have been recorded already and some more guests that I'm booking right now. It's going to be an incredible year for this podcast and for the knowledge you're going to get and just some of the perspectives and the things. I've gotten so much just from these conversations and I have a ton of them, like I said, recorded. I can't wait to share them with you, even some live stuff with some people here in Norway where I'm based and more great stuff coming down the pipe. So please subscribe if you haven't and keep tuning in. My enthusiasm for this community and this show has never waned and it's only getting stronger somehow. So I'm honored to share this time with you. Thank you again, my friend, for being a part of this caravan, this listening community, uh, the Zero to Travel caravan. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And before I let you go, you want me to leave you with a quote? You know I like to do that. All right. I'll leave you with a quote. This one from Buddha who said, thought which is well guarded is the bearer of happiness. There you go. (laughs) Have a wonderful day. I'll see you next time.